Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 73 of the Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, the man who made a reservation at the library only to find out they were already booked. Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Good. Good to see you. Also joining us in the studio once again, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you today, sir? No pun for you, man. No, I never get one. Fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. Did you guys go to libraries a lot? Like as a kid, or oh, like yeah, when you're yeah. college, did you yeah. go to the library to study? It was like kind of, not in college. Yeah. I mean, when I was forced to, like in school, yeah. right? But, you know, not, yeah. not yeah. in college yeah. so much. Yeah. AR reading, nah. You know, yeah, I never liked libraries because you had to be quiet. Yeah, yeah it just wasn't wasn't really <laughs> my really thing. Could see that yeah. not going too well. I love yeah. bookstores though. Right. You know, I miss the old yeah. like Barnes and Noble. Like well, you know, there's one over. Uh, what's it called? Borders. Do we have one of those? We have a books a million. Books a million. Yeah, we don't have I think they went out of business. That was like, like in the mall, wasn't yeah. it? Like back oh, yeah, in the day. Yeah. Come on, Town yeah. Center Mall, yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, but here's the thing. Let me ask I you like this. I like big bookstores, but I don't like libraries. You have to be quiet. But right. the big bookstores are fun. But do you yeah. remember in elementary school when the Scholastic Book Fair used to come to your to your library? Did that happen in oh, Georgia? Come on. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Sure. So I got my yeah. Barry Sanders poster. There you go. Barry Sanders, John Elway, and William the Refrigerator Perry. I had all three of those posters hanging up in my bedroom. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, those, I didn't buy magical times. I didn't man. buy books. <laughs> right. I bought no, posters of football players. Bo- yeah. Right. They had like all like pens and erasers yeah, well, they and all still, kinds of stuff. I mean, yeah. at, at Pike Road, they still do that. Do they? Oh yeah. See, I didn't know. Big deal. Okay. They send home the whole little. It's like, it yeah. looks the exact same. You yeah, go yeah. through, check everything. Okay. At some point, I just give them a twenty. I'm like, have <laughs> yeah, fun. Hey, man, right here. Like, yeah. Give what you want. I'm not marking all this stuff up. Yeah. But it is funny because my boys. Um, some of them come home with books, and some of them come home with NFL pencils or posters. I'm like, yeah, that's not. How's that. Jacob doing, by the way? There you go. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that's exactly right. No, that's awesome. Well, Henry, books. he he checks out one book every week in the library. Okay, and I have learned about the history of the Chicago Bears, the New York Giants, okay. the Cleveland Browns. Okay, and last week he checked one on out on life lessons from Kobe Bryant, which is awesome. Okay. So uh, he's actually probably going to be the one that's geared most towards sports. That's interesting. He's consumed by it. Yeah. And um, yeah. he watches these little YouTube videos on sports, and they talk about you know the history of the leagues. They're right. trying to help the kids learn. So it's just cool. You know? yeah. So the other day, we're riding down the road, and he's like, hey, Dad, do you know what year Jim Brown was drafted by the Cleveland Browns? I'm oh like, I have no idea. He's like, 1967. <laughs> 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 but, that's, but that's you. You're you're all things sports trivia, yeah, right? Yeah, but I didn't know that. You know that. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I might He's start taking him to some little sports trivia yeah, things. absolutely. Henry yeah. and I make a Between little... Between the two of you. hustle some folks. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Uh, anyway, what are we talking about? So uh, it's Scholastic Sports yeah, Book Fairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you. You met, you started this with the library. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The library. Yeah, yeah for, there we go. Matt, Good job, Chad. Thank you, man. This is the route we take it's all you have to do is just like <laughs> one little match in the fire here we go now I, something interesting that happened when i entered into the studio today uh, our friend matthew here has a new uh toy he has this cup which I may look like a normal <laughs> cup no no oh. we're definitely talking about oh okay it. this I, cup I, this is new i'm seeing is, this in real time it has a it has a charger it is bluetooth enabled and and so i want matt to explain a little bit about <sighs> i don't know if i can even really here. explain yeah. all the things for, for audio listeners matt has a very fancy cup sitting here it just on the looks table. like a coffee mug with a it does, but I think light. I think Matt needs to brag on his. What does it here. warm and keep the coffee warm? Yes, that's Ooh. exactly. You can what set the temperature with your smart device. And at my favorite temperature, which Matt is, is currently holding his phone up, and it says 135, 135 degrees. 135. And if I want to go Don't hotter, I can. You? Can you drink coffee yeah, at 135 can, yeah. degrees? Like it's got How hot is coffee when it's brewed? I don't I have no know. idea. Uh, it's 100. Well, today it was 150. 
Because I, I had the same question. Because it tells him via <laughs> his, uh, his smart device. Yeah. So but, you, like, it has presets on here to tell you. See, like, coffee is 135. And then it's got black tea, <laughs> which I don't... It's 137. Lattes are 131. That tastes like garbage water. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so you can turn the heater off. Uh, you know, there's a lot of yeah, cool things. It's got a little light on it, can you I know. Yeah, All right, you can wow. touch it. Pretty, pretty it, neat, it's, isn't it? The handle is warm. Yeah. So yeah. you can tell. Yeah. So what is this running off of? It, it, there's not a plug. There's, no, it's, it's a, a wireless charger that he has. Because that's what office. started this whole thing. I was like, is this a wireless charger? He goes, I yeah. He, for my, tra- he goes, for my cup. And I was like, back up. For your what? <laughs> and so he starts telling me about this, and then he just keeps going on and on with all the features. And that, I was very impressed. That, that's actually really cool. So, yeah. 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 Maybe I'm they very could, impressed Maybe they it. could become the sponsor of our podcast. Ember. Yeah. We, Ember. We, we, uh, we are sponsored by Ember today. Yeah. Thank but you. I, wow. I couldn't let the podcast go by without talking about Magic I'm glad that up. That's really cool. Yeah, it's really pretty neat. So. Anyway, they have mugs. They have all kinds of like uh, uh, travel mugs. Too, now, can, so. uh, can it cool as well? Is my question. Like, it can heat it up. Can it like actually make it colder? Like, that's what I want to know. Well, I mean, you just let it not. Heat no, no, no. It. I mean, like actively <laughs> cooling, like making it a cold Jonathan, drink. Like you got, my... you got a coke. You pour it in there. It makes it a cold. It's too coke. complex. Yeah, it's I think that's called which... a yeti. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think they keep things cool. That's right. Yeah, that's really right. well. Yeah, anyway, yeah. anyway, well, different mug. Different how, mug. How, uh, how was the weekend? Anything? See, this is where we go. My mind is being blown right now. We'll, we'll get to the content here in a minute, but did you guys have a good weekend? It was, we did. Uh, did. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, talk, Jacob's talk uh, basketball team won in round one of the playoffs. Okay, so uh, we're still alive, still right. competing for nice. a championship <laughs> <laughs> semifinal game this week. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. You get rings. Um, is you know, I don't know. This is our first year okay. in this league, okay. so I'm not right. sure what happens if you win. I mean, but uh, we're playing the number one seed this week. Okay. So big game. Um, big yeah, game. big game. Okay. And um, yeah, looking forward to that. Henry's team um, had a great little game. Love coaching those kids. They're so cute. Oh my gosh, These <laughs> first graders, man. It's so much fun. So um, and then Sam was somewhere up in northern Alabama for a robotics tournament. I saw pictures so, on yeah, social media. Yeah. yeah. So again, kind of the same song, second verse. Saturdays yeah. in February, we're right. busy with basketball and robotics, but. The weather was beautiful, so oh, that man. was nice. Yeah, um, was. really pretty weekend. So yeah, it was it was busy but relaxing. We had a great time. Well, good. What about That's you, awesome. Matthew? Well, I went out of town. I hung out with my mom, which she gave me my hey. Christmas, hey. My Christmas hey. and birthday present, which is my mug. Um, and then I got her hooked on the mole, which we talked about last week. Oh, the goodness. TV show, the mole. Did you find out who the mole was? I did, but okay. you know, well, my, don't spoil it. I'm yeah. not. I'm yeah. not going to spoil it. Yeah. Uh, so we did that, and then I also found. We came back and we watched a couple movies, me and D. But we found uh, a ice cream that I'm really, in really, really excited about. Okay, uh, new share. Blue, yeah, Bluebell oh, made a new uh, new flavor called I Heart Cereal, and it tastes like there's one that tasted like Fruity Pebbles, and I had oh. to I had to try it out. So I went and got Fruity Pebbles and put them side by side, <clears throat> and it lives up to the. Wow, height. that's really interesting. So in it's one great. of my. It's it, awesome. <laughs> in one of my marketing classes in college, advertising, we had to create a product and create an ad campaign, and we came up with a, a syrup that tastes like uh, the milk at the end of a bowl of cereal. So kind of similar to your ice cream. So like cinnamon toast crunch. Some people syrup, don't like you know, that though. Some people don't, but I think it's the best part about eating a bowl of cereal. It's what the, do you think, the milk Adam? At the end. I can't eat cereal, so I don't know. <laughs> and technically, cereal? I'm not supposed to. Um, drink pebbles? milk either. So what do we bring this stuff up? So anyway, yeah. uh, appreciate it. Yeah. No. Fruity pebbles are gluten free. You can well, have them, man. Yeah. There's all kind of things, so not yeah. just uh, the gluten. Okay. So right. anywho. Okay. But, well, uh, sorry. 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 Up sorry they, they sell a wonderful pumpkin seed granola at okay. Costco, <laughs> and it tastes great with almond milk. So thank you well, for there, pointing there that out. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The best I'm part sorry. of that pumpkin and almond milk, drinking it at the end. It's uh, it's just it's great for. Yeah, definitely not the same experience. That's right. I hate to break it to you. Yeah. No, we had a good weekend as well. We kind of. 
of hung around the house. We did wow. some, uh, we rented uh, like furniture, upholstery cleaner from uh, Home Depot and did some like shampooing of the carpets oh, and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And uh, kind of got our house ready because, you know, small groups are kicking off this week. And so we were like, you know, we hadn't done that in a while. Yeah. We probably need to. Need but deep clean the house. That's right. That's right. It's, you know, coming out of a uh, hibernation after the winter. So kind of mm. get everything ready yeah. to go. And then, of course, I was, uh, I could not stop watching this whole balloon thing that was happening across the country this week. Are you, are you guys in a loop on this? <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, I'm not going to get into it very much, but my favorite comment after they shot it down was this was the most expensive gender reveal ever. So, like, I thought that was a pretty good one. There's definitely nothing more Myrtle Beach <laughs> right. than that thing the, being shot down the, over Myrtle Beach. The Battle Beach. of Myrtle Beach, and the 2023. people cheering on yeah, the beach. I'm like, right. that's every week at Myrtle Beach. That's yeah, right. so, uh, about? <laughs> I mean, let just that thing come to the south. You yeah. knew that thing's yeah. going down. Which I did read. That was the first, and I'm sure we have Air Force folks will correct me if I'm wrong. The first air-to-air kill for an F-22 in the history of the United States, in the history of the fleet. Was a balloon? Yeah. So hopefully they'll put a little silhouette on the side of that guy's, uh, you know, cockpit, and that would be. Yeah. Uh, he did, be good it. For him. You did yeah. it, buddy. So anyway, I have job. so many questions about all of that. We're <laughs> right. not going to discuss that <laughs> no, on the podcast no, 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 today. No. I have no. many opinions on that. <laughs> We're not going to discuss those on the podcast. No, I today. just I was I was uh, I was glued to the internet watching all the uh, all the updates. I thought it was hilarious. So anyway, but yeah, we we'll move right <laughs> on past that. Anyway, yesterday at church was a big day and a great day at church uh-huh. yesterday. So we day. we had a kickoff of our our new series, uh, Weathering Life Storms, which we'll talk about here in just a moment. Man, I saw a lot of people here yesterday a lot of new faces yeah. and so really excited for all the people that have been invited and uh great worship services great message i'm mean, really enjoyed it mm-hmm. yeah um shout out to everybody who invited their friends yeah um, i had several people come introduce me uh to their friends yesterday that were with them that's always really fun to yeah. do yeah. um some people reached out to me on social media you know hey so-and-so came with me today yeah give everybody a thank you to the team mm-hmm. um and then i got to just talk to a lot of other people in the lobby who it was their first time there um, for whatever reason, and um, a couple folks said, "Hey, I got this in the mail. You're you're the guy that was on this thing in the mail, you know." So, but it's a good sign when people find you before the service and they talk to you, and then they come talk to you after the service <laughs> yeah. because that means that something happened in the service right. that they actually, yeah. you know, Matt didn't upset him, or I didn't upset <laughs> yeah. him, or you didn't upset right. him. And, um, but all kidding aside, it was a really good day. Yeah, um, we had a ton of kids. In fact, it's the most kids we've ever checked mm-hmm. in to our kids ministry <laughs> on one Sunday. Yeah, that happened yesterday. Yesterday. Um, you know, I don't really look at numbers pre-pandemic because they're kind of irrelevant. Yeah, but it's a different world. Yeah. I just think it's worth pointing out more people on our campus than pre-pandemic. Yeah, that's yeah. worth celebrating. Yeah, and there's not a lot yeah. of churches yeah. that can say that, and, and we're not saying that to go. Ooh, you know, we're awesome. <laughs> we're saying like God's awesome, that's yeah. right. and our people are doing a great job yeah. inviting their friends to church. That's and right, so yeah. when you have a day like that where there's a bunch of people and a bunch of new people and a bunch of our people. And I thought the worship team killed it. Yeah, that they was did a great, great worship set. And um, it was just a really, mm-hmm. really fun Sunday. Yeah, so, um, I agree with that. Yeah. Great job, everybody, getting your friends here. And... Um, a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. But we did kick off our new series, Weathering Life Storms, you know, something we've been, you know, planning for since what, like October, November at least. They all run together. Yeah, for a long time here. <laughs> and so, you know, before we kind of get to talking about specifics for yesterday's message, I want to say what or ask you what was your inspiration behind kind of doing this whole series? What was my inspiration behind doing this series? Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. So, it it takes months for like series to kind of percolate in my mind sure. and in my heart and in my prayer life and in conversations. I yeah. mean, y'all know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, hey, what if? Yeah. And, you know, we talk about things and, um, you know, so I don't know if I can give you like a, a specific example. Sure. 
but it would have been in the summer because I was remember I was outside doing yard work um, and it was really hot and I was listening. It was it was I think I was listening to a, an interview. I think that's what it was. It was mm-hmm. an interview um, where another pastor was being interviewed and they started just kind of talking about the different storms that people have been going through, um, you know, post pandemic and just and then even before that and sure and so I was like storms like that's interesting and that that yeah. probably is what led me to start praying through that and then I want to say it was in the fall like September or October I'm looking at Matt here because I'm I'm thinking he'll know this but if you don't know this the Sunday it's fine that that he started introducing um the song firm foundation to our congregation mm, yeah that we sang yeah. yesterday as a response yeah, yeah, song. Yeah. yeah that was when the Lord clarified mm-hmm. do this I remember listening to Matt that Sunday and going, that's what we're going to do in February. That's cool. Yeah. Um, the part where he, the, the, is it called the bridge? The bridge. Help me out I'm here, so Matt. I'm so proud yeah, of you. Look at you. Yeah. So you can quote it, but like, rains came, winds blew, but my house, house was, was built, built on, on you. Yeah. When I heard Matt say that, I was like, that's the series we're yeah. doing. So yeah. yeah, there's kind of like what starts it and then you pray about it and you think about it. And then sometimes the Lord kind of just gives that confirmation. And yeah. so we did that song a lot. Um, back in the fall and then I told Matt you know hey when we get to this series like let's bring that song back because yeah. it really does capture well kind of what mm-hmm. we're going for yeah. in the series That's yeah. cool. and hopefully it's providing some encouragement for people as they walk through storms yeah. Yeah. well yeah and I really like that song too yeah um, it, was, it was a great so song so it was coming back uh, even if uh, Adam was like <laughs> not, don't do that one uh, but you know yesterday I really liked that analogy the illustration you had with the fallen trees the two the one that fell in your yard and the one that was still standing so um, can we unpack that illustration uh, and the importance of it? Which is another kind of fun fact. So two weeks before I'm going to kick off this series, a tree falls down. Right. So I'm like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah, you're now like, I have right. a good sermon illustration. Are there just sermon illustrations everywhere you go? Like you and I kind go get lunch and you're like, oh, he got the chicken salad. That's an illustration as yeah. opposed to the hamburger. You okay, know, like, well, like, how does you that know I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> so the, only, the best way I know how to answer this question is Let's just say that you have a, a kid that's a junior or senior in high school, and they're thinking about going to Auburn. Yeah, yeah. We pray for them that God changes their heart, oh, and, you hey, know, and they hey, go to the yeah, University whoa, whoa, of Georgia. Whoa. But you know, let's just say that's the case. So if that's the case, <laughs> I'm kidding. Y'all know I love Auburn. Um, growing up in Atlanta, a lot of kids go to Auburn. Oh yeah. So yeah, Auburn's yeah. a great school. My point is. You will start seeing Auburn car tags everywhere, Auburn sweatshirts everywhere, Auburn hats everywhere. If you're thinking, you know what? I think we need to buy a white minivan. You You will see white minivan. When something gets in your mind, all of a sudden you start. Okay, well, it's the same way with sermon series. Gotcha. So if I know for three or four months, I'm going to be kicking off a series on February 5th called Weathering Life Storms. (laughs) I I mean, I pick up on stuff. Right. right, right. He's a collector. Your power going out on a Sunday morning and a tree laying in the yard. And I'm like, right, no, now good. here's the fun part about that. Well, I'll come back to the thing in a minute. Yeah. So after the services yesterday, a couple of the guys with chainsaws in our church, they didn't have the chainsaws with them, but like they came up to me. <laughs> That'd you know, be interesting the, if they the did. The chainsaw crew that <laughs> goes right. around, they were like, hey man, tell your neighbors, we'll, we'll come over there and take that, we'll take care of that for them. Oh wow. They're like, people are charging all kind of money these days. Like they don't need to get ripped off. And so last night we're sitting there and I, I told Morgan, hey, text our neighbors. Like some guys from our church said, you know, they can come you know, take care of the yeah, tree. Yeah. So Morgan and her start texting and she's like, yeah, we've already lined up this company. It's like really expensive and they're supposed to be out here sometime this week. And Morgan's like, well, Adam said Vaughn Force will take care of her for free. And the lady wrote back, really? <laughs> so um, this is my way of saying, hey, y'all take care of it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's I, got, awesome. I got to text the team. They're gonna, Chainsaw team, you're up. They're going to kind of minister to my neighbors that's and take great. care of that tree. Yeah, yeah so we'll, really we'll cool. take care of that. And by we, I mean them. And so that'll be good. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes the ball just gets put on the tee. Yeah. There's a tree laying down, and then yeah. there's one standing right beside it. Right. right. And I just thought, that sounds like what Jesus is talking about, that <laughs> yeah. there's two houses that look the same, mm-hmm. and it took the storm to kind of show, hey, they're not really the same. Right. There was something going on beneath the surface. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was really glad I was able to use that as a visual aid. Yeah, yeah that's I really cool. like that. Well, and it was one of my favorite parts of the message, you know, how you kind of talked about how it reveals what's beneath the surface. I thought that was really, really yeah. cool. They look Where the, the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. Except for something wasn't the same underneath because right. the same wind hit both of them right. side yeah. by side. Yeah. One fell, one didn't. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. So you said that um, in our lives, I'm, I'm going to read these because I want to get them right. You said that storms are inevitable, that storms are not selective, and that storms are revealing. And I get that last one definitely, you know, in the, especially in light of your tree illustration. You know, the two trees, one's down, one's not, reveals what's underneath the surface. But can you help me understand why does God let us go through such difficult storms when he controls everything, you know, it's one of the questions I hear the most from folks. It's kind of the age old, you know, why would God, you know, if he truly loves us, let all these bad things happen? So we're going to take a minute on this one. Sure. All right. Uh, so that that's a good question. And yeah. we'll try to tackle it from a number of perspectives. And so I think there are people out there that don't realize they've built their house on the sand. Okay. Yeah. So I think they've been fooled. And it can be really easy to go through this life and be fooled. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have so many voices and so many things telling you this and telling you that and you know, be a good person. And as long as you do enough good things at the end of your life, like it'll all work out and all good people go to heaven, you know, yeah. all, yeah. all dogs go to heaven. Wasn't that a movie back in <laughs> yeah, the day? Yeah, right? yeah, it was. So there's a lot of people that they've bought into a, a, um, a spiritual religiosity that seems correct. Mm-hmm. It's just not, yeah. they've been fooled. Their house is built on the sand. Now on the surface, it doesn't look that way. Right. <clears throat> so when God sends a storm, and their life comes crashing down, it actually is like the tree. It wasn't until the tree fell that you realize there's something not good going on beneath the surface. So God in his graciousness allows a storm to reveal to somebody, you have not built your life on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. Mm. So God sending a storm is an incredibly Mm -hmm. kind and gracious thing to do for someone who's actually fooled. Like yeah. they think that they're doing this the right way. I've met a lot of great people over the years who are lost as lost can be, mm-hmm. and they are actually nicer than some Christians I know. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good people yeah. who have been fooled. When yeah. God sends them the storm, and it reveals the sand, it reveals you're not on the foundation of Jesus. Yeah. That's a kind, gracious thing to do. God could just leave them alone. Yeah. And they would go through their entire life fooled and then find out on judgment day they were right. never part. Right. Yeah. You know, Jesus never knew them. Yeah. So now let's kind of jump to another passage, and we'll see if we can kind of mix these passages together and see maybe another insight. So there's a parable where Jesus talks about the sower of the seed. So you throw the seed out, and some of it lands on uh, rocky soil, hard soil, fertile soil, shallow soil, and Jesus is you know using this yeah. as an illustration for the gospel. So we kind of feel like our responsibility is to throw out the seed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we throw out the gospel message, we throw out the seed, and um, some of it's going to land on fertile soil. Praise God. Some of it's going to land on hard soil, rocky soil, shallow soil, okay? Well, let's imagine for a second that the people that God is, uh, that Jesus is describing in this, that are the hard soil. There's good churches around them. There's good believers around them. Maybe you work with somebody who could be characterized as hard soil. <laughs> you might that's going to be a tough nut to crack. <laughs> like, I don't know what it's going to take to get that person to be receptive right. to the things of God. Yeah. Might be somebody in your family, just hard soil, a hardened heart. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's been raining a lot here in January and February, but yeah. by the time we get to June, July, August, a lot of that soil around here yeah. will be rock solid. That's right. You know, yeah. when we kind of start going through those drought months. So if you think about hard soil, what softens hard soil? A storm. So if somebody in their life is the hard soil and that's keeping them from being receptive to the gospel message, and there's a good gospel presence all around them, wouldn't it be like God in his kindness and in his graciousness to send a storm into their life to soften their hearts towards the gospel message that's already being sown all around them? Again, God in his kindness and God in his graciousness sends a storm. And then for those of us who are Christ followers, there are times that God will send a storm into your life that is an opportunity to build a depth of relationship with God that you didn't have before. Mm -hmm. But if you think that God is not in the business of sending storms your way, you don't know the God of Scripture. Hmm. It rains on the good and and, and the evil. God will use everything. I heard this... uh, older preacher last week I was watching a it was like a session where an older preacher was talking to a bunch of other preachers okay so I grab a pen You're right <laughs> you yeah. know I start taking notes yeah and he told this he told this uh, little illustration and um, these older preachers have a way of like telling an illustration and then making the point and you're like dang yeah that's good it's, you it's know an art right so there. what he did was he said back in the day and this would have been probably like the 70s late 70s early 80s this is back when, like, every preacher in America wore a suit, like, every single Sunday. Yeah. And some of you are like, and we need to get back to that. So, uh, <laughs> well, if you want to buy my suits, I'll wear them. Suits are expensive, right? So, anyway. <laughs> Someone's going to accept that challenge. Yeah, I, I, challenge I will, I will gladly wear that suit. I, I, ain't, I ain't nothing wrong with suits, right? Um, I tell people, if you see me in a suit, I'm either doing a wedding or somebody just died. Right. So, like, that's yeah, kind of yeah. how it works. But, hey, if you want to buy me a second suit, I'll wear it. Sure. Anywho, I digress. So, this guy, like, he's passionate of church during that time. And he'd been doing yard work, you know, because, like, that's just yeah. what we do. You know, sure. he's doing yard work, and he's nasty. And, you know, when I do yard work, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm covered in mud and stuff. Like that. And he needs to grab something from the store. And he's like, I didn't have time to change. Like, I'm just trying to get this done. Sure. And we've all been there. Yeah. yeah. So he goes to the store, and he's in line to pay for it. And he says, I can just feel like somebody staring at me. And he said, I'm thinking, like, man, somebody from my church. But, like, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of acting like I can't tell they're staring at me. Yeah. Finally, like, I look over, and it's this lady from his church. And she's like, you know, uh, pastor? And he's like, you know, yep, it's me. Because he had on, like, yeah, a hat. Yeah. And he said, she looked at me, and she goes, well, you don't look very ministerial. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, as if we're like always supposed right. to look like. Right. And um, so he kind of got a laugh out of it. And uh, but then he made this point. She said, Pastor, you don't look very ministerial. Like that doesn't look like you at all. And he said, I realize I've said that to God a number of times in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, something bad happens. God, that doesn't look like you at all. Oh, and he said, wow. here's what God says. No, it's me. Wow. And then he started listing off all these things that people walk through. Hey, God, my kid just got diagnosed with cancer. This doesn't look like you at all. And here's what God is saying. No, it's still me. Mm-hmm. You know, God, my spouse just got laid off from their job. I don't know how we're going to get through. This does not, this doesn't look like you're in, where are, and God says, no, it's still me. Mm-hmm. See, God is still God in the good and the bad and in the storms 
And when there are no storms and when the sun is up and when the sun is down, and, and if we will recognize that he can use everything in our lives to ultimately draw us to him and to shape us more into the image of his son, then we see purpose in the storm. We find beauty in the storm. We may not have chosen the storm, mm. but good can ultimately yeah. come from the storm. There can <clears throat> ultimately be a purpose in the storm. And I ended the message yesterday with that simple truth that Sometimes the thing that you think has actually been the worst thing that's ever happened to you from God's perspective and in light of eternity was the greatest blessing you could have ever experienced. Sure. That's not just for people who are being led to the cross to experience salvation. That can be true for God's children as well. Mm-hmm. That when you walk through storms, ultimately God may be using that for greater purposes than you could have ever imagined. Yeah. But if you've constructed a faith that doesn't have storms, this is not the faith that we see presented in Scripture. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And it's such a paradigm shift, but such an important one, what you're talking about there. When you said, when you view it in the light of eternity, when you view it in the light of that, how the storm can become something that's beautiful, that yeah. that is that is such a different direction of coming at, but it makes so much sense. Yeah. I really like that. Well, you know, let's move into your first point. Um, I thought it was really interesting. You said that we can profess um, Christ as Christians and still, and I'm using quotes because that's what was on the screen, um, and still be lost. So, you know, help me and, and our listeners kind of understand how— we can profess Christ and still be lost. Well, it is a profession of faith. Okay. So, you know, each person gets to <clears throat> make their own profession of faith. Right. You know, so Matt, I'm a Christian. Uh-huh. Matt says, Adam, I'm a Christian. Yeah. So it is a profession <laughs> of faith. So what I'm trying to do is ask everybody, like, okay, that's cool. Like, you've okay. said that. Now mm-hmm. let's do a little bit of a hard examination. Mm-hmm. Like, the sinner's prayer isn't in the Bible. Yeah. It's just not. Like, there's nowhere in there that you can find it. Like, when it's time to get saved, this right. is what you all do. you have to do is lead them through this. You know, yeah. that it's just not in there. So, you know, we, we have lots of guidance in God's Word about what it means to move from death to life, mm-hmm. to move from someone who was dead in their trespasses of sin, to being made alive in Christ, to be born again. Yeah. But that is a change that occurs from the inside out. So what we have in our country— And it's more prevalent in some parts of the country than others. But rest assured, it's in every part of the country. It's not like this is just in the South. It exists everywhere. But it's a cultural Christianity. It's a Christianity that's been handed down from one generation to the next. It's the good old Judeo-Christian ethic that shaped America's values for the first 100, 150 years of our nation. So it's good morals. It's good ethics. It's being a good neighbor. It's being a good citizen. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, don't do that. Make sure you do this. So that shaped a lot of people, and it shaped a lot of their character building, and it shaped a lot of their citizenship, and it shaped a lot of their contribution to society. And somewhere along the way, those things got blurred in with what it meant to be a Christ follower. Gotcha. Well, for a lot of individuals who really were you know, doing a lot of great things and doing Mm -hmm. it for all the right Mm -hmm. reasons, they thought that was the same as being a Christ follower. Mm. And it's not. So as our world gets darker, what should become easier is to spot who's a Christ follower and who's not. There's no longer societal advantage for acting like you're a Christian when you're not. In fact, (laughs) I would say you're going to make a lot more money and be a lot more successful, a lot more popular if you don't act like a Christian. I would agree with that. How to advance your career. Don't mention Jesus. (laughs) Okay? So, like, there's no benefit to acting that way anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like these kids that go off to college. You know, good luck playing the church game. Mm-hmm. That college will eat you up in two weeks. Yeah. Yep. You know, so like you're, you're either yeah. walking with Jesus, 
or you're not. Yeah. So, you know, it hasn't always been that clear, but it is yeah. now. Okay. So for somebody who lives in the South and I just believe in the good book, pastor, <laughs> I just try to live my life by the good book and me and the Lord, I, you know, God, you know, we're on good, we're on good ground, you know, like I ain't seen you in church in years, but okay, if you say so, <laughs> you know, uh, me and the Lord, you know, we're in a good place. Yeah. yeah. But your kids don't know Jesus. Right. And you know the thoughts? Do you know the ideas they're being fed at school? Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of people who they they've claimed a Christianity that looks nothing like being a Christ follower, right? Mm-hmm. And they think that that's going to be good enough, mm-hmm. and it's not. Yeah. No. And Jesus is giving us this passage and saying, "Hey, there's a bunch of y'all that like have said you're a Christian, and you've even called out my name, and you might have even prayed, and you showed up at church, and you did this, and mm-hmm. you did that, but you never were born again. Right? There was never a heart transformation. Yeah, heart and 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 ultimately, if you focus on the external <clears throat> and the exterior, and saying all the right things, and joining all the right this, and wearing all the right that, and avoiding all of that, like yeah. it's not about any of that. Right. It's about have you experienced transformation or heart level? Have you moved from death to life? And there's just a lot of people who have fooled themselves. Yeah. And I think Jesus, in his kindness, again, is pointing this out. Because he, he doesn't, it's, he died on the cross forever. Right. I mean, he doesn't want that to be right. yeah. you know, right. the truth, yeah. but, but it is the truth. And so we have to then speak that truth. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Because if we don't speak that truth, we're doing a disservice yeah. to someone who may have actually, like I said earlier, they've kind of been fooled a little bit. Right. They mm-hmm. think their life is built on the firm foundation of Jesus. Jesus, when in reality, it's not. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So while we're on this subject, we actually have a listener-submitted question. I, I got hey, a uh, wait, I got wait. a text uh, <laughs> after the service on Sunday from one of our listeners, and so I'm going to read Chad, this. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was Matt, and uh, it's, it's, how do I be more like Chad? No, no, no. Uh, yeah. he, here is our... I was really wanted to know. <laughs> That's right. Here's our question. I'm going to read it to make sure that I, I get it correct. Basically, the listener asked this, is what does the Bible say about people who truly have a heart change but add to it with religious stuff? I know Jesus plus anything is wrong, something we've talked about here before. Jesus, you know, plus anything is wrong, but is there partial credit? I have a loved one who is a part of the Catholic Church. They truly believe they're saved and think they're living their life God's way, but are they not saved? So what would your answer to these questions be? Well, since you've had since yesterday to think about it, I'm gonna let you take this in chat, so I'm gonna go right ahead. So uh, all right, well you've you've there's a hump there's a bunch of different things in there we sure. we have to talk about. Now. Sure. Yeah. So um first of all, let's start with uh, Catholicism. Since, sure. So you mentioned that. So um, anytime we talk about Catholicism, I think it's really important to make a couple of distinctions. Okay. okay? And, and um, so if you were to take your time to go study official Catholic theology, I can save you the time because um, <laughs> I have. And you know, there's really no reason to, to, to go spend all your time doing that. Um, it is a works-based righteousness. Mm-hmm. It is not salvation by grace through faith alone, which is why we had the Great Reformation. Right, right. There, there are differences in our official theological positions. To oversimplify this, official Orthodox Catholicism teaches there's a little bit of meeting Jesus halfway. Mm-hmm. It teaches that salvation is something that really is dependent upon where you currently are in your standing with God based on your level of unconfessed sin in your life. There is a lot that has to do with what we're doing and how we are performing. Yeah. Now, having said that, because I know I, from right now there's some steam coming out of some people's ears, so mm-hmm. just hang with me. There are many Catholics who claim the name of Catholic who don't believe what I just said. Mm-hmm. 
They were raised in the tradition of the Catholic Church. They have an appreciation for the Catholic Church. They've seen the good that's been accomplished to the Catholic Church. In some ways, there's a little bit of a a family allegiance to the Catholic Church, but they have been rescued and redeemed and saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And they would say to what I just said, I don't believe that at all. I believe there was nothing I could do to earn my salvation, and I don't believe I had to meet Jesus halfway, and I don't believe that when I sin, that calls into question my salvation. I've had this conversation with lots of people over the years who call themselves Catholics. And so my encouragement is always this, don't ever just assume like, if you meet somebody and they're a part of a Catholic church in our community, don't immediately assume you know everything about them or right. what they believe. Yeah. Sure. In fact, I would encourage you to take that approach with just about everybody, right? right? Yeah. Take the yeah. time to get to know someone, okay? And so there is the official Catholic position, and then there are individuals that may call themselves that the same way. There may be people who refer to themselves as a Baptist, but they wouldn't be able to articulate the differences between Baptistic theology and uh, Presbyterian theology. It's a little bit more of a family background thing happening there, okay? But um, to your question then, if somebody thinks that part of their effort has actually played in to their salvation— I would just simply challenge that person to spend a lot of time in Galatians and Ephesians. Mm -hmm. And I have. Uh, My debate partner in college was a Mormon. Um, We're in East Tennessee on a debate team, and he's from Utah. (laughs) So uh, he felt a little out of place. And I remember him going, everything in the South is so green. And then I visited out West, and I understand what he was talking about. right. right? (laughs) So we had a lot of really interesting conversations. um, Because we're in debate tournaments, we're on planes, we're on buses, we're traveling all over the country. So we had a lot of time to talk about these things. He was a really good dude. Mm. He was a really good dude. And I'm 19 years old. I'm 20 years old. You know, I, I'm I'm pretty confident in my faith, but I'm also a college student who I'm walking through the season where you're trying to, is this really what I believe? Right. You know, kind of all the things you do in college. Yeah. And dude, at some point, when you've talked to somebody about this, like hours, you've stayed up all night several times talking mm-hmm. about these kind of things. Like, I just remember one day, like saying to him, like, hey, dude, listen, man, we may stand before the Lord one day. And he says, why do I let you in heaven? And I may say, it was because of Jesus and Jesus alone. There was nothing I could do to be saved. And you saved me. And that's the only answer I got. And he may say, you're in. I say, you may be next in line. He may say, hey, why should I let you in? And you may say, because you died on the cross and I needed a savior and I met you halfway. And he may say, you're in. I was like, I, it's, I don't know. Like, I mean, we just talked, which is, right. and so we talk and talk. Well, the very next day, I'm in my quiet time, and I'm studying, and I'm reading in Galatians. And I called him. I said, bro, just sit down and read the entire book of Galatians from start to finish. Just read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then when you're done, read the entire book of Ephesians from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And um, because I realized I had led him astray with the statement I had just made oh, wow. out of just yeah. my exasperation of talking about this for right, so long. Right. But the truth of God's word was really clear. When you study Galatians and Ephesians, like there's no meeting Jesus halfway. Right. Yeah. And he read that and he called me back and he said, I can't even begin to tell you like the, the weight that I feel starting to lift. He said, do you know what it's like to walk through life and think that your every action has something to do with your salvation and whether you'll knowing yeah. where you'll spend all of eternity? Yeah. He said, it's a weight. 
And he, and so I said, well, you know, let's get together and talk about that more. And so we kept talking about it. I mean, this is semester after semester. Mm-hmm. So he comes home um, one weekend from college because his family's out in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm driving back down to Atlanta. I'm like, come on, dude, why don't you come out with family for a weekend? So we get him out. And we go to church, all the things. And we went to North Star. Ended up being the first church I worked at. Mm-hmm. So that Sunday afternoon, we're back at the house, just kind of hanging out, whatever. And he goes, uh, hey, man. That prayer that the preacher dude prayed, like at the end of the message, where you could like you know ask Jesus to kind of save you, because do you have to be in church to do that, or can you do that anywhere? I was like, well, no, you can do that anywhere. And he's like, I want to do that. Oh wow! And so wow. I, I prayed with him right there, and pray, he prayed to receive Christ, and we're still friends on Facebook, you know, all these years later. That's yeah. so cool. But like, what I'm what I'm trying to say is, that was like two years of yeah, of a right. lot of conversations, of a lot of processing, and why. So if you've got someone in your life that that's their story maybe you know whether it's from mormonism or catholicism or from any other belief that they've picked up along the way the best thing you can do is lovingly try to help process that with them talk it through don't be judgmental be understanding but let the truth of god's word guide the conversation right you know i almost really messed up because Mm -hmm. at some point i was like He's making such good arguments, and he's such a good guy. Right. And yeah. I, I, and I don't I don't want to just say, dude, you're wrong. I'm right. Yeah. That's why God gave us His Word. And when I encouraged him to read God's Word, the Holy Spirit took over from there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like the Holy yeah. Spirit did more in one reading than I had done in ten conversations. Right. That's right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Two years. But I do think <laughs> that the the loving part of the relationship helped soften the yeah. soil yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You know, maybe the walls around his heart of, of what he thought Christians in the South were like. Yeah. You know, yeah. having grown up as a Mormon in Utah. So I would just encourage whoever, you know, sent that question in, you know, j- just keep loving. D- don't, as- don't, don't assume you know everything about what it yeah. is that that they believe, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. in conversations and in time as a process and keep pointing them to God's word. And then, hey, what'd you think about what it said? You know, right. it, it just takes time. Yeah. But, but yeah. you know, the Lord certainly has you in their life for a reason. Yeah. And don't miss that. Yeah. that. That's the big thing. The Lord has you in their life for a reason to hopefully lovingly guide them to a place where they would say, listen, my salvation is on Jesus and Jesus alone. Yeah. There's nothing I could do to contribute to this. Yeah. And I love what you said at the end there, that story about how how it's the Holy Spirit. You know, we do what we can. You know, we talk all the time about how we set the cells, we do what we can do. But ultimately, like, it is the Holy Spirit that, that convicts yeah, and, yeah. and draws draws to the Lord. And that's, that's really good. That's really good. So, you know, the second point um, kind of following this was that you can be a part of a successful ministry uh, and still be lost. So my question is, how... How often does that happen in a modern-day church? Um, and is there anything that we could do about it, or what do we do about that? <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> Just uh, read the question. Billy Graham, I don't know. if I can't remember what the—somebody can you know fact-check us on this. Yeah. I don't remember if he said 50% or 60%, but this would have been in the 1950s or 1960s. So let's just say 50%. Uh-huh. I, again, I don't remember the exact quote that he said 50% of people that attend evangelical churches aren't saved. That, so, um, wow, yeah. Wow. So he was talking, you know, a long time ago. Um, yeah. So you're asking about like today. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Let's, let's go to a couple places in the Bible. So you're asking me, like, how can you know if you're a part of something like this, a successful ministry, yeah. but it's not really yeah. about Jesus, and are there churches that are like that today, and how do you avoid that, and yeah. is that what you're kind yeah. of going yeah. for there? That, yeah. So, you know, um, I like in the book of Acts where, where Paul commends the Bereans. Mm-hmm. 
so I've always felt like like hey let's let's make the Bereans a, a good role model. Go Bereans, yeah. Go Bereans. You know? be a Berean. So uh, <laughs> mascot of a, of a school. Yeah, yeah. Law enforcement Bereans. Yeah. <laughs> Paul commends the Bereans because every time they listen to him teach. They were fact-checking him yeah, yeah. with their Old Testaments. They didn't have a New Testament. He's kind of teaching the New Testament, right? Yeah, they're pulling Holy out Spirit. their clipboards going, okay. But they're right. like, okay, like let's see if we can track with this guy. Yeah. And um, it doesn't matter what church you're a part of. Mm-hmm. You better be doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, um, you can't just listen to what somebody like me says. Mm-hmm. You've got to study the Bible for yourself. Um it's like the um, one of my favorite illustrations is you know people who specialize in recognizing counterfeit money, which what a job that'd be <laughs> kind of fun. This looks like so monopoly money. they don't study the thousands and thousands of samples that have been collected over the years of counterfeit money. They become experts in studying real money, mm-hmm. and they know it so well that they can spot a counterfeit. Right. Because they know the real thing. Yeah. If you study God's word and you're listening to somebody teach the Bible, you'll be able to spot something that's counterfeit. Mm-hmm. It's like that that that's that's yeah. not yeah. what that yeah. says. Yeah. Or yeah. that's that is somebody who's using that for something other than what that is supposed to be yeah. saying. And so I think that it's always good if you're a Christ follower, nothing can replace you being in God's word. Mm-hmm. You may not always understand everything about it, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, believe it or not, neither do preachers. We have to right. spend a lot of time <laughs> studying this and praying it through. It's not like we read it the first time and you're go, like, got it. Yeah. You know, so like, yeah, that's part of the journey of growing a Christ likeness. So always right. compare what you hear me or anybody else who claims to be teaching God's word. You know, compare it to what does God's word say, okay? So be like a good Berean. But then the second thing I would say is Philippians 1 has always been my personal guide. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Philippians 1. It's it's up there. It's one of my top five chapters, favorite chapters of the Bible. So Paul's in jail, for Pete's sake. He's he's chained to a a soldier in the Praetorian Guard, which means like he's like in an apartment with this dude and uh, (laughs) and he's handcuffed. And... um, Paul's got an amanuensis who's writing his letter for him, and he's kind of articulating it. And he's talking about basically what's going on. And he's like, hey, let all the Christians know that I am in chains because of my proclamation of the gospel, but I'm rejoicing because it's because of the chains that these fellow brothers and sisters in Christ have lost their fear of the chains. Like, that's really good news. Mm -hmm. And then he says, and I know there are some out there who are taking this opportunity to take a shot at me. Mm-hmm. Now, that's my paraphrasing. They've, <laughs> yeah, got, yeah, they've but... got their own YouTube channel. <laughs> they have more followers on Twitter than me. They're kind of one of those pastors that when I don't preach a good sermon, half my church leaves and goes and listens to their sermon online because they're so good. <laughs> like This is Paul like kind of saying this. I know there are guys that are taking advantage of this opportunity to yeah, say, right. hey, if Paul really was who he said he was, do you really think God would have him in jail, chained to a Praetorian yeah. guard? Let's pass out the offering baskets. Like That's what Paul's saying. <laughs> wow. There's Amen. some guys. Guys that are going around and they're doing this. Yeah. yeah. And then he delivers one of those powerful lines of scripture. He goes, But nevertheless, Christ is being preached. Mm, yeah. So I rejoice. That's always been my guide personally. Yeah. So I can't tell everybody else what to use as their guide. <clears throat> but here's my guide Are they preaching Christ mm-hmm. crucified and faith and salvation through Jesus and Jesus alone? Yeah. If they're preaching that, I can let a lot of things slide. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the moment they stop preaching 
the truth of God's word. They stop preaching the gospel. They preach anything other than faith and faith alone, mm-hmm. in and through Jesus Christ, salvation in and through Jesus Christ. As long as that's what they're doing, I can put up a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. That's basically what Paul says. Yeah. Paul's like, I'm putting up with all this other stuff, and I'm going to focus on the fact that they're keeping the main thing the main thing, mm-hmm. and people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And so let that be your litmus test. Yeah. I mean, there may be a church in a particular community that does things a little differently and may, may not be on the same page with secondary issues or even third-level consequential issues and don't see this the same way or that the same way. Are they preaching Christ crucified? Mm-hmm. Are people getting saved because they're responding to the gospel message being preached? Then rejoice. Right. Because if you're against it, you're not against that church. You're against the move of God. Mm-hmm. And that's what Paul's teaching yeah. us in Philippians 1. Now, if you see something that doesn't match that criteria, wash your hands of it. Sure. Yeah. Walk away from it. Don't yeah. let it be an influence in your life. And I've had to do that a few times over the years. There's been certain pastors that I just felt like they crossed the line. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a voice I used to listen to or read his books, and now I don't. I'm like, yeah, nope, right. they crossed the line. They violated Philippians 1. I can't say with assurance they're still preaching Christ crucified. Right, right. I'm going to move on. Right. So you've yeah. got to have discernment. But sometimes believers get really caught up in a bunch of other stuff and don't take the time to really look, like, what are they really doing? And if what they're really doing is preaching the gospel mm-hmm. and people are getting saved, then praise God. Right. Yeah. And be really careful about being opposed to that because yeah. ultimately it's not – that church you're opposing. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. No, it, yeah. it does. What, what a mic drop moment by Paul. Like that's, that's yeah. such a cool yeah. you know, yeah. story. Wow. And he's in good. jail. Yeah. That is why he is Paul. That's yeah. right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So your last point was that we can own it now or hear these words from Jesus later, where Jesus tells non-believers to, you know, depart from me for I never knew you. And I guess, you know, one of the, one of the things I'm wrestling with hearing that is there's a lot of folks that claim they follow Jesus. I mean, the list that's let, you know, we prophesied, we did all these good things, which I know none of that stuff saves you, but there's a pretty, you know, long list of what would seem to me to be fruit that they're saying, hey, these things happen and and, we're, and Jesus is going to depart from me for I never knew you. So my question is, how can we have assurance that we're in the right camp that we'll hear, you know, well done? How can we have that assurance 100% this side of heaven of our salvation? So what's the list? He said... They say we prophesy to your name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We cast out demons. Cast out demons. And we healed the sick. Yes. Perform yeah. miracles. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Am I can I get have I gotten myself in trouble yet today on the podcast? <laughs> oh boy. All three of those are descriptions of gifts of the spirit. Mm-hmm. They are not descriptions of fruit of the spirit. Okay. It's easier to pursue gifts of the spirit than a life that's committed to producing the fruit of the Spirit. Hmm. And so the gifts of the Spirit are pretty remarkable. And here's why. They're from the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So, again, we, we kind of have an underdeveloped theology when it comes to what happens to us when we become Christ followers. So when you become a Christ follower, you are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. You remember we did the Holy Spirit series, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And so a lot of times the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Bible. And so people <laughs> don't really understand what's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Sure. Yeah. One of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to seal you. That's why we can say with confidence you're not going to lose your salvation. The Holy Spirit sealed you. 
But the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is just one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is also what bestows gifts. Hmm. And um, there's a little bit of grammatical interpretation required to recognize talents, gifts, abilities, Holy Spirit given at salvation versus some really super talented people and they kind of look the same on the surface. And then you read the Old Testament and you see that King Saul had the spirit removed from him and yet he continued to prophesy accurately even after that. Right, right. Have fun unpacking that one, okay? (laughs) Yeah. So there's there's a lot of mystery when it comes to that, which means there can be a lot of people who are using gifts and using works of the Spirit for their own gain and, and, and not using them to have anything to do with Jesus. In the spirit realm, there's also a room for a conversation where we could say some of those things may not be from God or from the Holy Spirit. I mean, Scripture presents Satan as an angel of light. Mm-hmm. He, he, he presents himself as an angel of light. Sometimes what we think is actually a manifestation of God might be the workings of the enemy. Wow. So we are engaged in spiritual warfare. So the fact that Jesus is, is, is referencing that is not a surprise to me because there's a lot of ambiguity with all of those things, which is sure. why Jesus is saying, some of y'all were doing this and you thought it was from me and it had nothing to do with me. Okay. Yeah. Now... What are we then talking about when it comes to being a Christ follower? So how do I know I don't want to be right, right. in that you know camp? Well, if if you can if you can walk through your life and do whatever the heck you want to whoever the heck you want without any type of concern of whether your life is producing any type of fruit and not experience any type of conviction, like I would tell you you're probably the person Jesus is talking to, right? Mm, So, you know, if you feel conviction of sin in your life, that is the Holy Spirit. If you have this desire to grow in Christ-likeness, that is the Holy Spirit. If you feel like that you take two steps forward and one step back, that is the Holy Spirit. That's actually the description of a Christ follower, of a disciple. It's the person who says, I've never been closer to God than I am right now, and everything in my life is going great. And man, I just tell you what, things are... I was like, cool, I think. But like, you know, for, for, for the rest of us, it's a little bit of a, of a journey, and there's a little bit of tension, and there's a little bit sure. of, I, I need, I, you know... <clears throat> I'm not where I need to be, but I don't feel the pressure to be something I'm not because this is not performance-based, but there's a heart desire for obedience. Right. And that's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Do you have a heart for obedience? Because you can't generate a heart for obedience. Mm-hmm. In the flesh, our hearts are not geared towards obedience. Our hearts are geared toward rebellion. But when Jesus gives us a new heart— in time, through sanctification, our hearts should begin to pursue obedience. Mm-hmm. It should be the desire of your heart. I mean, isn't that our goal as parents? Like, to raise our kids where they establish their relationship with Jesus, we cultivate a heart for obedience to God, their Heavenly Father, so that when we're not around, they're pursuing the things of God from a heart of obedience. Mm. Not because mom and dad wanted him to do it. Right. They can fool us all the time. It's, it, it's not about keeping mom and dad's rules. It's about, I want your motivation for holiness to be your love of God. I, w- I don't want you to follow the ways of the world. I want you to pursue the things of God at a heart level. If, if you don't have that happening in your life, but you've got all the other things about Christianity in your life, 
then you probably need to spend some time in God's word and you need to ask, you know, Lord, would you just reveal to me, like, is this, is this you telling me that this right. is me? Right. Like I listen to the message. I listen to the podcast. I'm reading your word. Like, you know, take a, a, a good, you know, if, if you're a dude out there, take a good brother in Christ to lunch. Or if you're a lady, take a good you know, sister in Christ to lunch. Be like, hey, I'm really wrestling with this. Can I talk this through? Can I sure. process this out? Can yeah. we? But yeah, I mean, the rest, the wrestling with it, I would say, is a really positive sign. Mm-hmm. It's okay. the person who dismisses it. That's yeah. not for me. Right. Yeah. It's the person who the entire time I was teaching yesterday was only thinking of somebody they wish could hear this message. Hmm. That's really interesting. That might be a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> that, like somebody came into me afterwards yesterday and said, man, I'll tell you what, like that may have been intended for people to get saved, but the Lord used that in my life to show a lot of things to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, That's a cry. Yeah, yeah. That's not somebody who's going, man, I, you know, I, I wish my, my lost friends were here right now. Like, right. I'm not getting anything out of this. <laughs> right, right, like, right. Well, yeah. I bet the Lord has something for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's really good. And I also, I really appreciate the distinction you made there between like gifts versus fruit of the Spirit. You yeah, know? yeah. So I think that's an important distinction as well. So that's, yeah. that's really good. I think ministries that make a bigger deal of the gifts of the Spirit than the fruit of the Spirit are ministries that I'm usually a little leery of. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's one of the things, I mean, they're here locally, so I'll give them a little shout out. Shout out. It's one of the things I appreciate about Highlands. Mm. You know, Highlands, their denominational roots are not the same as our denominational roots, but Chris Hodges has done a really good job over the years of not making Highlands a ministry that's primarily known for the gifts of the Spirit, mm. even though their background is in the charismatic movement. Sure. They, they've really built a culture that does focus more on the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And they would say we haven't done it perfectly, just like we would say we haven't done yeah, it perfectly. Sure. But I appreciate that about them, given their denominational heritage. Right. I think they've done a really good job yeah, of that. So, I mean, again, they do a lot of great things, not just in our community, but in a lot of other places as well. So I do think that when you study the New Testament, the gifts of the Spirit are a much bigger deal as evidence of a Christ follower than gifts of the Spirit being evidence of a Christ follower. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I know right now there's some people that are that are listening that they're confident with their salvation. Uh, they know where their faith is. They're tracking with Jesus. But they have a loved one that goes to church that um, they seem to be doing the right thing, um, and they think they're saved, but they're truly not. So what would you say to that, that person— um, who is burdened from their friend or family member who they're not sure where their salvation is? Well, I would say that you need to spend a lot of time talking to Jesus about that yeah. friend. Um, usually we try to think, what's the conversation I can have with that person? When mm-hmm. I would tell you the first conversation you need to have right. is about that person, yeah. right? Yeah, not yeah. with somebody else, yeah. but with Jesus. <laughs> with Jesus. <laughs> and then I would encourage you to pray this prayer, okay? Now, you can pray whatever the Lord lays on your heart, but yeah. here's what I would encourage you to pray. One Say, Jesus, would, would you give me an opportunity yeah. to have a conversation? You know, keep me sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. It's like earlier I talked about looking for minivans or looking yeah, for yeah, Auburn. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. You pray that, the Lord, it, he'll, now, I mean, it'll, it'll be yeah, like, yeah. oh, I've been asking for this. Yes. Here's the yeah, open right. door. The second thing I think is the, the more important prayer. Ask Jesus to send a storm into their life. Mm. Say, in your kindness and in your graciousness, would you send a storm into their life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That disrupts them. Yeah, disrupts their comfort, disrupts their pattern, disrupts everything. Mm-hmm. It might be, it, Lord, you you know everything, so you can choose the area of their <laughs> life, <laughs> right? But yeah. send a storm, yeah, and then be ready because <laughs> when that storm comes, they will be 
like we talked about earlier, the the soil that was softened yeah. and it's more receptive. Yeah. That when you're walking through a storm, you are more receptive to gospel conversations. Mm-hmm. You're more receptive to what you're describing. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's always the right time to speak the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make them more lost than they already are. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it's always the right time to speak up yeah. and be bold about the gospel. But because we understand the dynamics of just friendship yeah. and human relationships and respect, we understand the discernment sometimes of the timing of yeah. these conversations. Yeah. And so I would say that that type of prayer prayed consistently that the Lord can be faithful to answer it maybe one of two ways. Yeah. Gives you the opportunity like now or, oh, wow, yep, there's the storm. Mm, yeah. And then helping them see what a great God. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that in his kindness, he did the same thing for you. He did for me. Like, yeah. hey, all of us who are Christ followers, we came yeah. to play. We realized, man, my house is not built on the right, right. foundation. Yes. Right. Yeah. So you know, it's it's no judgment here, but now I can be the person to help guide <clears throat> yeah, you. you so yeah, I would just pray that prayer consistently that the Lord would be faithful to do that, and yeah. then keep sowing the seeds, and then hopefully in time. Um, you get to celebrate their salvation. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Man, I, I love this conversation. I love, you know, talking about basically like the benefits of storms, the blessings of storms. That's, that's what you called it, you know. And so uh, it's such, like I said, it's a paradigm shift. But, man, when you can view it through the lens of what you're talking about, it makes you really grateful. It makes you really mm-hmm. grateful for those times. And we're going to continue this series Sunday morning. So uh, we'll continue uh, weathering life's storms and uh, looking forward to that this Sunday, yeah. uh, 930 and 11. You know, join us here on campus. Obviously, we've got all of our great kids ministry, student ministry, all kinds of great things happening. And uh, for some reason, you're traveling or you're sick, you can always join us online, VaughnForce.com. Yeah. So that's going to be a really good one. And I will look forward to that. And we appreciate you joining us today for the Other Six Podcast. On behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy John, Jonathan and myself, we will catch you guys next time.